Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Val Cisco, dropping some knowledge about Anchor. Guys, have you ever wanted to record your own podcast? Don't you want millions and millions of people to listen to what you have to say, whether it's about Zeus, whether it's about sports, whether it's about everything that's going on in the world of quarantine? Guys, what are you waiting for? Download Anchor. Anchor basically is a one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. It has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Number two, it's free. Guys, it's free. There's not a lot of freebies out there, so grab this. And of course, Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard from different places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and many, many, many more. You can make money off your podcast too with minimum listenership. So right there, guys, like, listen, this is a no-brainer. Download Anchor. It's pretty fantastic. I love it. Hell, thank you, Anchor, for giving me the platform to speak about all the random things that I do. Uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So please, once again, download Anchor. You can download it off the Apple Play Store, the, the Google Store. I don't know if you guys have Blackberries out there still. Uh whatever is out there download it it's freaking phenomenal you guys won't regret it take care ciao young man who are you what's your name we got no records of you but you can decide this person down that hole. What brings you home? I got a call from Shawshank. I found a kid in the cage. A call from who? I don't know yet. Has it begun? There's a place where lovers go. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another great edition of Nothing to Watch, always provided to you by Sideshow Conversations. It's me, Mr. Creep Show himself, Val Cisco, and today we're going to be doing a little review and some thoughts on the hit Hulu original series that's caught everybody's attention. It is Castle Rock. And for those who are new to the show, Nothing to Watch is a segment I created for people who basically have nothing to watch. If you're interested in a show, movie, series of that nature, I go ahead, 
I kind of dip my toe into it, and I give you um, a response, if you will, if you should watch it or not, or maybe if I should just give you a little bit of nudge to get into a series or a movie or a show. Hopefully you guys do enjoy this. So, let's give a little bit of a synopsis of what Castle Rock is. Castle Rock, a psychological horror series set in the Stephen King multiverse. Castle Rock combines the mythological scale and immediate character storytelling of King's best love works, weaving an epic saga of darkness and light, played out on a few square miles of Maine woodland. The fictional Maine town of Castle Rock has figured prominently in King's literary career. Cujo, Dark Half, It, and Needful Things, as well as the novella The Body, and numerous short stories such as Rita Hayworth and The Shawshank Redemption are either set there or contain references to Castle Rock. Castle Rock is an original suspense thriller, a first-of-its-kind reimagining that explores the themes of the worlds uniting the entire Stephen King canon while brushing up against some of the most iconic and beloved stories. This right here is a show unlike any other so far. It's rated MA due to graphic violence, suspense, and disturbing features as well too. Has a star-studded cast in my opinion. Um, people like Melanie Linsky, um, Andre Holland, Bill Skarsgård, the man who scares all the children today as it's Jane Levy, um, Scott Glenn from The Leftovers, one of my favorite shows to date, and a bunch of other characters as well, too. This show um, debuted not too long ago this year in 2018, July 25th to be exact, on Hulu. The series is created by Sam Shaw and Dustin Thomason. And starring, as I said, Andre Hollard, Melanie Linsky, Bill Skarsgård, Jane Levy, Sissy Spensek, and intertwines all the characters from the Stephen King universe. In my opinion, this is a huge undertaking because of the fact that you're bringing so many iconic characters or iconic themes or iconic stories unraveling into one series, a 10-episode series, executive Producers on this are J.J. Abrams, Stephen King himself, Sam Shaw, uh, Ben Stevenson, and the who's who's a cast when it comes to directing either film, TV, and short stories as well, too. Um, running time is usually about 43 to 55 minutes, and of course is produced by Bad Robot Productions, J.J. Abrams' production company. So um, distributed by Warner Brother Television as well, too. Um... My initial thoughts when I first heard about this, it was huge. Number one, I'm not the biggest Stephen King fan. Um, maybe um, reading some of his books like It and things of that nature, I love the horror aspect of it. But his movies are hit and miss for me. I love things like The Dark Tower and things of that nature. But, you know, some movies do hit. You know, It, Stand By Me, Cujo really resonate. Um... Gerald's Game, the reimagined of Gerald's Game on Netflix right now, is fantastic, but sometimes his stuff can be a little redundant. This right here tries to weave everything together and have everything have, I guess, 
as I said before, a multiverse where all these stories were either happening in the past or happening as the second um, in the series um, unfolds, basically. Um, main characters, Andre ha- um, Holland as Henry Matthew Deaver, a criminal law attorney in Texas specializing in capital punishment cases. He left Castle Rock after the townspeople suspected his involvement of his adopted father's death, but returns upon receiving a strange request. Um, basically, this character is, I guess, the main emotion the main, like, I want to say he's the main character because there's so many main characters, but he's like the emotional glue in this whole story because of his past. People look at him in a certain way. There's people that are saying, yeah, um, you were lost in the woods. No one could find you for a certain amount of days. And, you know, we found your dad, you know, basically with a back broken. We don't know what happened. You claim not to remember. So it's like a he say, she say story in this case. He's very, very, very suspicious about a lot of things that are happening. You don't quite get what his intentions are, if he's really plain crazy or if he is crazy to begin with. Hell, most attorneys that work in criminal law have a little bit of a, a crazy mind to themselves. Uh, Melanie Linsky, uh, she plays Molly Strand, the owner of M. Strand and Accessories, Sorry about that. M. Strand and Associates Real Estate Company in Castle Rock. She possesses the ability to read minds and feel the same emotions others are expecting. Um, it's kind of this thing where you're going to get the, the fantasy elements of Stephen King mixed with reality. So you get the drama with um, Andre's character, and then Melanie's character is very uh, mystical. You know, she could read minds. We don't know if she's a telepathic or she just senses things or she's she can jump into other bodies. It's still kind of unclear. At the moment in time, I'm only on episode six, whereas we have ten episodes to go. I'm judging by what I'm seeing so far. I know that's hard to say, people. I know people are like, what the hell? You know, the series is not finished. Watch it unfold. My opinion, I feel like I've seen enough to kind of give my opinions on things. I said that twice. Don't kill me. Uh, Bill Skarsgård, you know, plays the kid. And uh, Enigma, basically. Um, he's an inmate at Shawshank State Penitentiary. That name is very familiar, people, if you love Shawshank Redemption. Um, secretly held prisoner by Warden Dale Lacey for 27 years. Uh, he is specifically... He has specifically asked for Henry after being released uh, from a septic tank located beneath the abandoned cell block in a prison. So this character is a main focus in this as well, too. Scars, Scars character, the kid, we don't know what he is. And the show plays with this a lot. You don't know if he's a demon. You don't know if he's the devil incarnated, the devil's son. You don't know if he's an alien. You don't know what this dude is whatsoever. And it's really hard to get a grasp because we just don't know. You know, um, we see that a lot in the episodes coming up. And there's some spoilers here, people. If you haven't watched it, I apologize. But if you want to leave right now at about 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, you can. Hello again. <laughs> Basically... We see the warden of the jail. Uh, I guess he's... Warden Dale is like supposed to be this strict warden, but lives a happy life with his family. Um, you know, the first episode opens up with, with you know, Dale Lacey. Um, 
basically retiring from the penitentiary from Sean Shank, um, driving out to the woods, says goodbye to his wife, um, goes to the woods and basically does this dramatic hanging of himself, which is crazy, but basically you're you're reliving his memories of of putting Bill Skarsgård in this septic tank, saying that he is the devil. And uh, it's it's just a crazy story of how one man uh, needed purpose in life and was asking God, you know, give me purpose. You know, me as a as a warden is not fulfilling me. And out of nowhere, this demon child comes to him and he locks him up and basically has conversations with him while locking himself up for all those years. So that's still unclear. Like I said, episode six, it's still unclear. Not sure what's happening there. But Bill Skarsgård's character, the kid, is very, very, very strange. You know, he's a strange, tall individual to begin with. But... You don't have a, you can't grasp what he is. You know, there's parts where he's always looking at cameras inside the jail cell, knowing that somebody's looking at him. So, is he a telepathic? Can he read minds as well too? Um, does he know what's going on? Is he someone that's in the know right about now? Is he someone that that possibly um, is breaking the fourth wall, looking at us as a viewer, which would be creepy? But I can see that in this in this show. Um, He's just very silent, does not speak throughout the whole uh, show, maybe bits and pieces, like five five to six words that I've seen so far. You know, it's it's hard to determine what his power is or what he really is. Or, or All we know is that Dale Lacey, the warden, was scared of this character. And... Um, a host like Scott Glenn as well. Scott Glenn as well too um, was scared of this character as well too. We'll get to him in a, in a, in a bit. Um, Jane Levy playing Diane Jackie. Um, she is uh, an inspiring writer, employee of N Strand and Associates Real Estate Company, and a niece to Jack Torrance. She is uh, she possesses a vast knowledge of Castle Rock's history. And um, took her uncle's name as a way of getting back to her parents. You may know um, Jane Libby from um, Don't Breathe. You know, that hit movie right there. But this right here, like, this this character is very strange because she is basically telling the stories of everything that's happened around that main area. You know, we, we get glimpses of what happened with Cujo from this character, you know, oh yeah, you know, I know some people um, that had this killer dog that went crazy, or yeah, my uncle back in the day, you know, he knew these kids that used to poke at dead bodies, like a standby knee, so you're getting a lot of history from this character, she's basically a history junkie of all the weird shit that happens in that town, and she wants to stay there and write about it, basically a book, a memoir of what Castle Rock is, um, very awesome, uh, Sissy uh, Spacek, if I said that incorrectly, I apologize, plays Ruth Deaver, uh, Henry's um, estranged adoptive mother and lifelong Castle Rock resident who struggles with dementia and leads her to reveal secrets about the Dark Town's past. So, um, you know, Sissy is such a great actress as well, too, from many other shows and movies that you probably have seen as well, too. Um, it, it's She's such a... Uh, a dearing character because you you can relate to having your grandmother or your mother um, at the point of you know losing their mind a bit and all you want to do is take care of it and we get to see uh, uh, Andre you know basically uh, experience 
what his mother's going through right about now and it's heartbreaking to him because he never knew that it was this bad but you know she's you know one glimpse you know she's making her garden you know gardening picking vegetables out the next minute she's jumping off a building or i'm being exaggerating right now jumping off a bridge into water um not knowing what the hell is going on so her character is very weird and it's not until episode six where we get to see more of her character fleshed out she knows a lot of things about Henry's father. She knows a lot of things about Henry and having a troubled past and the parents he had before he was adopted. A lot of information that she's not either revealing, um, whether it's her choosing not to reveal it or the dementia is really taking over. Um, reoccurring characters in this, Scott Glenn, one of my favorite characters. Oh, Scott Glenn is such a master of what he does. And people look at him and he's like, you know, he plays the same character over and over again. No, you know, he may sound like the same character, but at the end of the day, he commands the screen. Um, playing um, Alan Panborn, um, a retired former sheriff of Castle Rock. And I know, people, if you watch The Leftovers, yes, he was a retired, basically, sheriff from in The Leftovers as well, too. I know there's similarities, and this show does have similarities to The Leftovers in a way. Um, but a retired former sheriff from Castle Rock who moves in with Ruth Deaver. So basically, she he's the love interest for Henry's mother. Um, unbeknownst to her son, Henry, um, he portrays uh, he's portrayed as this rough and tough um, retired vet but basically is in the know of everything that's happening in the town. Even though he's retired, he knows all the judges. He knows all the, the churches. He knows all the police officers as well, too. Uh, if he wanted to do something, he could get away with it. But all he cares about is Ruth at the moment in time, which is sweet. We get to see a lot of back and forth with with um, Henry and, and Alan because of the fact that, number one, Henry didn't know that, I guess, his father's best friend is now dating his mom in a way, uh, being very romantic with his mom at their old age. And he has a lot of questions for Henry as well, too. And so does Henry for him, because when we look at Henry in the past, you know, Alan, Scott Glenn's character, is the one that finds Henry, you know, basically um, in the winter of Castle Rock where everything's frozen over. And he finds him on a frozen lake. And we're very confused about that as well, too. What was Henry doing there? You know, his excuse was, I was looking for you this whole entire time. Um, but when you see his character as a younger self, you see him tracking something down. Whether it's tracking Henry down or something bigger than that, he has a lot of mystery behind him that still isn't revealed at episode 6. I know there's four more episodes left, but this time, it, it scares me a bit because we're having the lost effect where we're not sure what's going on. But... He's also involved with Bill Skarsgård's character as well, too, the kid. He worked side-by-side side with Warden Dale Lacey. And especially, spoiler alert, in this as well, too, if you've been watching it like I have, it's not too much of a spoiler, but he's the one that actually lets Warden Dale, I guess, kidnap this kid. And, you know, we see him in a flashback where, you know, the Warden has him locked up in a trunk and the warden's convincing Alan, this is the devil, we gotta lock him up, I need to do something because if he's brought out into this world, more chaos will happen. So there's something fishy going on with him, the death of his father, Henry's father, real father, and the kid as well too. They even have an interaction going into episode 6 as well, so it's very, very strange. 
Um, there's a slew of other characters right there, and I would love for you guys to watch it as well. You have characters in Shawshank to begin with. A lot of the first three episodes are in Shawshank's prison, which is awesome. Shawshank Redemption, one of the best movies out there, but this is more of a a horror movie aspect of Shawshank, which I love. And that right there is just awesome, in my opinion. Um... But let's get down to the nitty-gritty and how I feel about the show so far. Like I said, it was a huge undertaking, in my opinion, to have all these toys weaved together. But at the end of the day, I feel like what the leftovers gave me, you know, trying to me trying to dig up answers and them not giving it to me, was fun in a way where I was happy for the ride because the storytelling was very prolific. You know, everybody had a, had a great character and a great story behind it and motivations. And I think maybe the um, the lore to me for The Leftovers was the human psyche after a so-called rapture. So it's basically how humans survive when when you have, you know, the government failing, you know, religion failing, what do you do? Do you pick up and just go to your job again? Do you deal with things? Do you have relationships? You know, it's just the human emotion being broken down and built right back up. So maybe necessarily I didn't need the answer that much over those three seasons, but I love the drama of people dealing with that. And I feel like with this show, I thought I was getting that. But I think it's still more mystery than substance. And I might be exaggerating. You know, people are like, you know, let it finish. Episode 6, you're on episode 6. You know, four more episodes. It'll blow your mind. But I will say, in my humble opinion, out of all the six episodes I've watched, not one of them has blown my mind. Not one of them has made me say, God damn, I gotta watch the next episode now. You know, I watch it because I, I, I'm interested in it. But I think... Specifically, I'm interested in the shared universe. So maybe the initial threat right now with Bill Skarsgård's character, the um, initial threat with um, Alan and his mystery, the judge's mystery, and what Henry is dealing with and his backstory of being, you know, this kid that was vanished for a minute and now back, and Melanie's character of being a telepathic, maybe that's all fine and dandy, but I'm more interested in the storytelling like Sissy's character, you know, Ruth, um, um, excuse me, not Sissy's character, look at me right there, um, uh, Jane Levy's character, Diane, you know, she, her storytelling of the events that are happening back and forth, you know, those things I'm very interested, like, if we could weave that together, I know that's really impossible, um, with all these major motion pictures happening right now, it being so successful the way it is, but, I'm more interested in that, man. Like, I'm, I'm, if you can give me, like, some stories based on that, where we're talking about an episode about Stand By Me and the kids about Stand By Me, you could be, like, an hour episode of just her retelling that story and just getting, like, an hour episode into it or Shawshank's Redemption or or It in general because they're, that universe is in this as well, too, or Cujo and just, like, a flashback, maybe. I'm more interested in that. I think that's the lore for me. I understand what they're doing. They're building something bigger. Well, you know, they're, they're trying to give you um, a, a story revolving around all this other drama that's happening right there and how Maine, spe specifically Castle Rock right now, is an evil town. And maybe that Bill Skarsgård's character, the kid, is the result of it for being alive for 27 years, not changing a bit whatsoever, still having the same face, never growing, just being the same exact thing, almost like a vampire, if you will, immortal, if you will. Like... <sighs> 
I get it. You're building off of other stories. But I think the lore right now is wanting to see a Cujo. You know, wanting to go back and seeing if maybe Jiro's game was in this as well, too. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm expecting too much. But nothing in this show has wowed me the way, like, um, other shows that I'm watching these days have wowed me. I mean, I know um, people are, are comparing this to Lost right now where you're getting so many, so many questions and the answers that they are giving you are they're not easily digested and maybe i'm just judging it way too hard and i'm trying not to because the characters are awesome the actors are awesome you know a lot of these characters are from the leftover show as well too so i'm you know all hands on deck for that but i feel like it's missing something and i feel like they haven't dropped the bomb big enough for me to say oh my god um but hopefully you guys do enjoy this show. I mean, it is something to, to watch because it is a huge undertaking right now. It's never really been done when it comes to all these books that Stephen King has created and kind of encapsulated into one story. So it, it's interesting. Very interesting. I'm not going to say it's bad. I'm going to give it a mid-card. I'm not going to 86 it. I'm not going to big top it. I'm going to give it a mid-card because it, it does give me the drama I need that Leftovers left me with. Um, I've been watching The Sinner as well, too, season one, and I love the drama for that, but I needed something a little bit more. I felt like Castle Rock was going to be that thing. So far, it hasn't. It just, it, it satisfies me enough. But I'd love to hear what you guys think about it. Um, I'm going to watch it to the very end and see what happens. Definitely, from what I'm hearing right now, it's already um, tracking to have a, um, a second series, so this is something that we're going to be getting again, but... What would you guys want out of this show? Would you want more side stories based on Stephen King novels? Or would you rather stick with this right here and see what's happening with this kid character and the main story of these um, mixed, a mixed bag of nuts that are in Castle Rock right now? You guys let me know. Hopefully you guys did enjoy this episode. Um, hopefully you guys are enjoying Castle Rock. If you want to talk about this, we can go on Sideshow Conversation on Facebook, where we discuss everything from movies, pop culture, um, TV shows, comic books, everything that's happening in the world when it comes to pop culture we're talking about. So I'd love to hear everybody's opinion on that. Um, also, on Instagram, Sideshow Conversations as well, too. Uh, Sideshow Conversations is on Anchor, iTunes, and Spotify. So please... Um, leave a comment, leave a rating, uh, favorite it, you know, rate, review, subscribe. That's all I'm asking for, you know. Um, nothing too big, and hopefully this interests you enough. Um, and if you want to find me, Val Cisco is on Twitter, at Val Cisco. Val Cisco is on Instagram, at Val Cisco. Um, if I could leave anything about this show uh, within the next, like, two minutes to end this show right here is it's something to take a bite of. I wouldn't say it's a, to it's a full course meal where you're gonna be satisfied within a couple of episodes, but it's like a it's like a piece of pizza. It's like a, a nice slice of pizza from Patsy's Pizza, in New York City. Uh, it'll satisfy you just for that moment in time, but it will leave you wanting more, and not in the best of ways, in my opinion. Um, hopefully, that changes my mind, and hopefully, you guys could explain a couple of things that maybe I missed. Um, hopefully I attracted you to this show, and if it did not, well, you know, rock and roll with that too. That's what this show is about. Anyway, guys, that's it for me. You guys have a great one. Always stay positive, always stay real, and of course, later days.